Day three of suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton's impeachment trial, why a witness says he was essentially pushed out of his position. Record high temperatures fall today as our September heat wave builds when we expect soaking rain in first warning weather. Plus sentencing for the young man found guilty in the 2021 Sixth Street mass shooting case. What witnesses and victims are saying about this terrible night? Well, two former top deputies in the attorney general's office took the witness stand in day three of Ken Paxton's impeachment trial. Thanks for joining us at five. I'm Daniel Marino. And I'm Britt Moreno. Now, this witness also reported Paxton to the FBI. And our Monica Madden is joining us live once again tonight from the Capitol with a recap. Monica, we've all been waiting and watching. Was Paxton there today? No, Britt. Paxton was absent from the trial again after being absent yesterday. I want to point out that the Senate rules do not require his presence, only did for the beginning on day one. So Paxton wasn't here then to hear from his former employees who ended up, you know, going to the FBI, raising concerns about his relationship with Nate Paul, the former um, or the rather real estate investor who's central to all of these allegations. The man who is currently still on the witness stand is Ryan Vassar. He's another one of those top aides who reported Paxton to the FBI and when he first took the witness stand earlier he, he got very emotional started choking up when he talked about how he has dedicated his life to this office to the point where someone from the defense team brought him a tissue take a listen you've heard have you not or have you heard you're being referred to by the attorney general all of you as rogue employees yes sir what was your reaction when you heard that allegation it was hurtful. Why? Tell me. I, I've... Sorry. I worked for the state for eight years as a, a public servant, as one who values... May I approach the witness? Earlier, we also heard from another top deputy in the attorney general's office who reported him to the FBI. It's another Ryan. His name is Ryan Bangert. He continued testimony this morning into the afternoon after he started yesterday. And Bangert also detailed his concerns about Paxton's relationship with Nate Paul, the Austin real estate developer I mentioned, who is central to all of these allegations and is accused of, uh, Paxton is accused of abusing his power to help him. Bangert says he and other top officials made numerous attempts to warn Paxton about their concerns about Paul, but it wasn't getting through. In my view, there was simply nothing more we could do. The course of actions had played themselves out. The Attorney General was determined to follow this course of action in favor of Nate Paul, despite all of our efforts to persuade him otherwise. The power of our office had been fully, at that point, harnessed to advance Nate Paul's interests. And we had lost the ability to, as senior staff, protect our principal. Bangert says he was ultimately pushed out of the office of attorney general and forced to resign. And then, you know, of course, as I mentioned, joined those other seven whistleblowers who reported Paxton to the FBI. During cross-examination, defense lawyers, though, pressed back on this idea that they had had multiple conversations with Paxton, giving him warnings to which they said, no, we had made numerous attempts to try and let the attorney general know what we were doing, although they ultimately did not give him a heads up that they were going to the FBI.
Um, the proceedings are still ongoing. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick said we will likely finish around 6.30 or 7 today. Daniel and Britt. Hi, Monica Madden, thank you very much. Well, here is a look at the state's current power grid conditions. ERCOT is once again asking Texans to conserve energy between now and 9 p.m. The concern is high temperatures, high demand, low wind, and declining solar generation all combining later. Now, last night, you'll remember, we reached emergency level number two, which could have led to controlled outages. Mayor Kirk Watson sent out a message to Austin residents today. He said, quote, we could face the same situation tonight, and the risk of ERCOT having to implement controlled outages is very real. I'm asking folks to please do whatever they can to conserve. KXAN dove into some essential items to have on hand just in case you're one of the ones who loses power. Experts recommend storing one gallon of water per person per day for an anticipated outage. The American Red Cross also encourages people to keep a customized first aid kit for treating minor injuries, along with keeping an extra supply of any prescription medications. Portable charging blocks help residents keep phones charged. It's also recommended to have battery-powered flashlights and fans available, along with extra batteries to charge them. Non-perishable canned food is also recommended in an event that power is lost and you can't cook. The City of Austin operates several cooling centers at City library branches and recreation centers. KXAN asked officials what protections are in place to protect them from possible rolling blackouts or brownouts. We're waiting to hear back, but digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has a complete breakdown of what to pack in your emergency power outage kit as well as an explainer on the differences between blackouts and brownouts. You can find it all at KXAN.com. And David, this extreme heat rolls on for now. Mm -hmm. That's right. Today, the hottest September 7th we've ever seen in the Austin area. And you can see all that sunshine and heat on the Georgetown camera. Here we are, 104 on the Ewald Kubota cam, just north of the Austin area. Today, record highs set at Camp Mabry and Austin Bergstrom. It's still above a record high, which was 103 in Austin, still sitting at 104. It's 105 degrees out in Marble Falls. Brutal. This is really doing a number on our drought status. Remember last week, we were already four out of four from Austin through the Hill Country. Well, in this week's update, boom, four out of four, basically all over Central Texas. Our meteorologist Nick Bannon spoke with the folks from the U.S. Drought Monitor. They say this is among our top two worst drought pictures on their record-keeping history. You can find that full in-depth article on KXAN.com if you're interested. Coming up, you thought today was hot. We've got some absurd September temperatures tomorrow, but then things start to improve. When a few storms begin and when cooler wet weather is looking likely. All right, David, thank you very much. And we have a live look for you at a kind of gloomy-looking Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Now, why are we showing you this? Well, because the NFL is back. The preseason is behind us, and that means the season is ready to kick off. Well, tonight, the Super Bowl champs, Kansas City Chiefs, host the Detroit Lions right here on KXAN. NBC's Jay Gray is there. Good evening. It is finally football. The first game is here, and it happens right here inside Arrowhead Stadium. Should be a fantastic showdown between the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs and a real upstart team, a team that finished the year on fire last year, the Detroit Lions. They'll have a clash here. But before that happens, before the kickoff, I think we may see the peak of the excitement here. That's when they're going to unveil the Chiefs' new Super Bowl banner, and it should be a lot of fun. This traditionally one of the loudest stadiums in the league, and, and it'll really reach a fevered pitch at that point, I am quite sure. Spent a lot of the day outside the stadium, 
And even last night, people were camping out, waiting to get inside. We saw this morning a lot of people who were uh, pre-tailgating, if you will. The gates to get into the parking lots were still closed, so they set up their tents outside, camped out, made breakfast this morning, and now uh, they're tailgating in the parking lot and having a good time there. Uh, this game is the start of the season, so if you don't necessarily uh, like the Chiefs or the Lions, you still got to love the fact that football is finally here. And remember, you can watch the game here. Should be uh, just an epic showdown. For now, though, that is the latest here in Kansas City. I'm Jay Gray. Back to you. And just a heads up, because of the game, KXAN News at 6 will be on CW Austin tonight, so we'd love to see you there. A celebrity sentenced to decades in prison. Just how long after Danny Masterson will spend behind bars. And the search for an escaped inmate continues in Pennsylvania, where this man was last seen and where another manhunt is taking place. That 70s show star Danny Masterson has been sentenced to 30 years to life in prison for raping two women more than two decades ago at his Hollywood Hills home. He received the punishment four months after he was convicted on two of the three rape counts he faced at his retrial in Los Angeles. He did not take the stand at either of the trials. He has repeatedly denied sexually assaulting the women. All three accusers are former members of the Church of Scientology, to which Masterson still belongs. The women have accused the church of trying to cover up the allegations. At the retrial, the Los Angeles County Superior Court judge said the Church of Scientology was not a defendant, but the judge allowed witnesses to testify that church officials pressured them not to talk to police about the rape allegations. The manhunt for convicted murderer Danilo Cavalcante is now more than a week old. Authorities searched a railway car near Philadelphia today. Now, he was last spotted Tuesday in a creek bed southeast of the prison. Cavalcante fled the Chester County prison on August 31st when he used a crab walk to climb up the wall of an outdoor corridor. Prison officials monitoring surveillance cameras and tower officers failed to notice the escape. Cavalcante was convicted of first-degree murder for stabbing and killing his former girlfriend. He is considered extremely dangerous. And another police manhunt underway right now after a homicide suspect escaped yesterday from a Washington, D.C. area hospital. The FBI is offering a $10,000 reward for information leading to Christopher Haynes' capture. He was arrested yesterday morning and brought to the ER because he requested medical treatment for an old injury. But that's when he took off. These very healthy-looking trees are dropping large branches. Tree troubles as this long, hot summer drags on. The frustration for Central Texans as some beloved trees continue to lose their limbs. And today's heat advisory is upgraded tomorrow to a more serious excessive heat warning as temperatures rise further. This, as Austin records, its second-highest triple-digit day count on record. Today, number 76 for the year. But coming up, why I'm not sure we will reach that 2011 record of 90 days. Cooler weather coming in your forecast. Right now, our interview with the Secretary of State Blinken in Ukraine, his assessment of the war so far, and public support at home for U.S. aid. Also, the Americans stricken thousands of feet inside a cave and the race to bring him out on Nightly News. Well, us Central Texans love our trees, but the extreme heat is impacting everything, including our beautiful trees. Businesses say more people are calling about limbs randomly breaking off. As KXN's Sarah Alshea explains, there are a number of things causing this to happen. 
in the middle of the afternoon, not a windy day, it just dropped right there. It's something Greg Webb says he's seeing more of in Wimberley. That big old branch fell off. Tree limbs falling. We're walking down to the river and a pretty big limb, probably about this big diameter, just fell out of the blue. Again, a calm day. We got down to the river and we hadn't been there 10 minutes and right across the river, a really large pecan limb fell. Raising potential safety concerns. It just barely missed my fence and it was a huge limb. You wouldn't think one of these trees is going to lose a big limb. It's caused business to pick up for Wes Sanders. He's the owner of Tree Butler, a land clearing and tree trimming business out of Dripping Springs. I see it on small trees, big trees, old trees, young trees. Sanders says Mother Nature is responsible for this. And with the storm and then again with the heat and the drought, has really affected the trees and it's taken its toll on them. That's led to more calls for debris cleanup and tree trimming. And they're really, really wanting to remove the, the trees that have leaning a little bit towards the house, older, weaker trees. While we're not out of the heat just yet, Webb says he's looking forward to some relief in the future for both him and the trees. But hopefully uh, everybody will get a little bit of break with a little rain and some cool weather. Sarah Alshah, KXAN News. The Austin nonprofit Tree Folks says some of the trees are very stressed from the weather and they're using up all their stored energy. Now they say if trees aren't getting enough water, that stored energy is only going to take them so far before we do start seeing those branches die and fall off. Hey, coming up on KXN today, this weekend, our weekend gardener story is actually about this very topic. We're talking about deep watering trees and which specific tools are needed to help with that. You can watch John Drumgoole dig into this topic on Saturday morning right here on KXN. Good for all of us to know this time of year. Mm. Now, maybe you can just bring us some rain and all our <laughs> troubles would be gone. I've heard from some people saying, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Next week's not going to happen. I really think it is. We look quite confidently wetter and cooler than we've been in several months. So let's dive into it. Before we get there, it's a very hot evening and tomorrow is even hotter. 104 right now on the Austonian weather cam. Today, a really hot day. The hottest September 7th in Austin history. High temperatures today spiked to 105 and today's extreme heat brought to you by man-made climate change. Our partners at Climate Central found that extraordinary hot temperatures like this are made five to ten times more likely because of how humans have altered the atmosphere by burning fossil fuels and enhancing the Earth's natural greenhouse effect. It's just not usually this hot this many times in the summer. The clouds and radar also showing a big heat dome building to our west. This controls our weather in a big way tomorrow, but then things start to change and the tropics are actually going to have a hand in this. First, the storm that's not affecting the, us, but it is really a monster to look at. East of the Windward and Leeward Islands, this is now Category 4 Hurricane Lee. Beautiful and cranking out there. This is expected to become a Category 5 storm with winds of over 160 miles an hour. But remember, it's not coming toward Texas. Let me take you over to the other ocean basin, the Eastern Pacific. This is a different Category 4 hurricane, another really powerful one named Hova, and this one may actually have a hand in bringing us rain. Let me explain. This happens sometimes in the summer, but this is kind of a different and unique way. If I take you a couple days in the future, you can see Hova is riding around this heat dome, which starts to move a little farther westward into the Pacific Ocean. This starts to come into play for us because 
over the weekend, a little piece of energy and moisture from that hurricane rides up and over the heat dome and juices up a cold front, which, yes, will be moving towards central Texas. This is going to bring not only cooler north winds into our area, but combined with that tropical moisture, a pretty good chance of some scattered to numerous showers and storms. Highest rain chance right now looks like when the front moves through late Tuesday into early Wednesday. Behind it, a chance of rain continues, and so do those north winds, which will feel much better for several days. Current rainfall projections still expecting widespread and soaking rainfall. It won't fill the lakes, it won't even fill the rivers, and it certainly won't fill the, uh, the, uh, fix the drought conditions, rather. But hey, a half inch to one inch, one to two inches for many, this is going to be the most widespread rain we've seen possibly since May, four months ago. The temperature, you're going to like this as well. Tomorrow, it's really awful with one of the hottest September temperatures we've ever measured in Austin. This will be the second hottest at 108. But then things start to get more tolerable. After a hot weekend, we fall into the 90s early next week. And then when the front arrives, how about high temperatures closer to 90 degrees for a change? Tonight, remember, it gets worse before it gets better. This is expected to be our fourth consecutive night of record warmth overnight. 79 would be the previous record of 78. And tomorrow, talk about a record high. I ha can't account many times when I've seen a record smashed by a six-degree margin. Sunshine, a breezy southwest wind, and a high temperature of 108 crushes the record of 102. After that, it's still hot this weekend. Records may be tied or set, but a few isolated storms begin to fire late Saturday and late Sunday. The best chances of rain again come with the front. Then we enjoy not only milder days, but cooler nights in the 60s. We'll be right back. Well, we are waiting to hear the sentencing outcome for the 21-year-old man convicted of killing a tourist in a mass shooting on 6th Street two years ago. A Travis County jury found DeAndre White guilty of murder last night. And today he is expected to learn his punishment. KXAN's Sam Stark is there and has the latest developments. After deciding late Wednesday night that DeAndre White was guilty of murdering Douglas Cantor, the jury returned to court Wednesday morning to make another tough decision how long he should serve in prison. State and defense de attorneys called more witnesses to the stand to help the jury make that decision. They included more victims we haven't heard from so far, including one woman who was out with a friend that night and suffered gunshot wounds through both of her legs. The bullets shattered one of her femurs. She said it took eight months before she could walk again and said she is still suffering from emotional trauma. The defense called up DeAndre White's aunt, whom he lived with, and others whom knew him very well. They swore to the court that he was not a bad kid and was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. We're talking about punishment. We're looking at everything, right? We're looking at DeAndre White and who he is as a person, the offenses, the offense, or the offenses he committed. And in this case, Mr. White didn't just commit a murder. He also committed 14 separate offenses. White's defense team asked that the jury not consider anything longer than 20 years for his sentence, while prosecutors said they shouldn't consider anything less than 40. I'm Sam Stark in Austin for KXAN News. 
Well, today Austin ISD is giving parents the chance to weigh in on the state's plan to try to get involved with the district's special education program. The district is hosting a public hearing, and this comes after it announced last week that the Texas Education Agency granted its request for what they're calling a less intrusive method of state intervention. The TEA could assign AISD a monitor that would report back to the state. It all started because of a backlog of evaluations needed to identify students with disabilities and children who need additional support or services. Now, board members have to vote on whether to accept the TEA's new plan by September 29th. All right, well, don't forget, because of the NFL, our 6 p.m. newscast tonight will be on CW Austin. And then right here on KXAN, we'll have the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. And then we'll be back with KXAN News after the game.